Man, I have enjoyed worshiping you this morning. Hasn't it been awesome? Uh, taking communion together and celebrating the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross and using that as motivation to go out and do what Jesus is, is leading us to do. Uh, praying together and asking God to bless us, bless people who serve us, give us the, the capacity and the desire to serve others. Worshiping together, singing about this awesome God that we have and, and hopefully using that as motivation to go, to go be who God is calling us to be. It's been an awesome morning together. I hope you sense that. I hope you feel the spirit in this place. We were talking about, as you've already heard multiple times this morning, we are talking about taking my turn. We're looking at, at uh, opportunities to no longer be a, a spectator, to no longer stand on the sidelines and watch other people take action when we have the capacity and the ability to take action. Or, or to stand on the sidelines and see opportunities to do something and then just let the opportunity go by and do nothing. And maybe that's uh, in the process of, of volunteering or helping somebody, serving somebody, being a friend to someone. Maybe that's even just in our own lives, making a change. I, I, I see some things I could do differently. I see how I could be somebody different than what I am now. And I'm going to take my turn to actually do that. That's what we've been talking about over the last few weeks. We're going to continue talking about that uh, this morning. And kind of to guide our thoughts in this process, I, I've, I have so much on my heart that I want to share with you this morning. And I don't want to, I don't want to uh, drag this out. I don't want to take too much of your time. But uh, I want to be, and I want to be conscious of our time this morning. But there's a lot that I want to share about this particular topic this morning. Okay. So to kind of guide our thoughts in that direction, um, I want to share with you this, this challenge from Paul in Galatians chapter 6. Beginning in verse 10. If you guys can go ahead, uh, Jason, go ahead and get that up on the screen for me. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Paul says this, as we have every, as we, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those among, uh, who, who belong to the family of believers. And I've shared this scripture with this church family before. This shouldn't, if you've been here uh, very often, this probably isn't the first time you've seen this scripture on the screen. But I want, us, I want us to pay special attention to it today. And if you got your Bibles with you, I would challenge you to take a pen and underline this. Highlight it. Remember this verse because this is what we are all as Christians challenged to do, called to do by God. Paul says when you have the opportunity, it's not an if it's not a, hey, by chance there might be uh, an opportunity for you to do good. When the opportunity comes, as you have opportunity, Paul's saying you will have opportunity to do good. Go do good. The opportunity to help, the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to volunteer, the opportunity to give. When it's time to do good, go do good. Take advantage of the opportunity. Go do something. Uh, Bill was leading our, our opening prayer this morning, and he mentioned, you know, specifically praying for uh, military folks and, and uh, first responders and law enforcement folks who go and, and seize the opportunity to do good on a regular basis, sometimes in a threat to their own safety, maybe even their own lives. And I, I haven't planned to share this, but I, I don't know if it was just if it just triggered my thought or if it's the spirit to put this on my heart this morning, but I want to share with you guys um, something that I that has resonated with me uh, a few weeks ago, my family we had the opportunity to be in New York City, and we went to the 9/11 uh, museum, uh, the museum that's dedicated to uh, describing the events leading up to and around and through and after uh, the tragedy of of 9/11. 
So there's all these different um, things on display. There's all, all these different stories. And it would take forever to share even half of the things that they, that they share within that museum with you about all these different people and what they did to help other people. There's one guy, and, and this is why it triggered this morning. And I apologize for not knowing his name. You go look this up because I didn't write his name down. I need to. Um, but there was, this, there was this guy that was a volunteer fireman. He wasn't even part of the, officially part of the fire department, but he had been through some first responder training. He was a volunteer fireman. And, and uh, when the planes hit the towers and, and uh, you know, all this chaos was happening and people were trying to help people get out of the building, he went rushing into the building. He wasn't even, he was just nearby. He wasn't even in the building. He was just nearby. But he took the opportunity to rush into the building with his training that he had, and he helped some people get out. And as there started to be more debris and more rubble and just dust and smoke everywhere, one of the trademarks that this guy had was he had a red bandana with him all the time. Uh, and, and he always had one in his pocket. And he had like dozens of them at his house, uh, they found out later. It's kind of his trademark thing. And he put on this red bandana because there's so much dust and smoke. And he wrapped it around his face. And he went into the building and uh, ended up um, helping at least a dozen people get down multiple, multiple flights of stairs, some of them even carrying them uh, on his shoulders, getting them down the stairs and out into safety, and then going back in again. He didn't make it out. When the buildings collapsed, he was inside trying to help someone else. And there was so much dust and smoke, this, this common story came up through some of these survivors. I don't know his name, but I don't know who he was. He was the guy with the red bandana. And they have a special uh, display in the museum telling that story. And I share that with you this morning because I, I, I think to myself, boy, if I was in that situation, I would like to think that I'd be one of the ones rushing in and helping. I'd like to think that. I don't know. The, the situation never presented itself to me yet. I'm not hoping for a tragedy like that. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying I, I, I would hope that I had that kind of character. But, but for him to be willing to do that for total strangers and to go rushing in to help them, you know, he, he didn't save all you know, multiple thousands of people. He saved about 12, but he changed their lives forever. The guy with the red bandana. That's what Paul's talking about here. When you have the opportunity to do good, go do good. And it doesn't have to be something big. It doesn't have to be something dramatic. It, if you see a need, go meet the need. Go do something. Go take action. And with all, these, all the different things that we're trying to accomplish in our lives, the goals we have set for ourselves, the things we're trying to, to hold on to and, and, and make our lives better, I got no issue with any of those things. But I, just over the last week, especially last week when we celebrated um, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and I, this, this quote resonated with me again. Uh, if we can have that, Martin Luther King said this. He said a lot of things, but he said this. Life's most pertinent and urgent question is, what are you doing for others? Of all the different questions you could ask yourself in this life, what's my 401k look like? What's my paycheck look like? What neighborhood do I live in? How much do people like me? Is my hair in the right place? Do I need to do something about my hair that's no longer there? All these different questions we could be asking ourselves. Here's what Martin Luther King says. Of all the questions that you could ask about your life, here's the most urgent. It needs to be answered. What am I doing for other people? What am I doing for other people? And as we continue to talk about this this morning, I don't want you to think in terms of big, grand gestures, although that'd be awesome if you had the capacity and ability to do that. What's the simple thing? What are you doing for people in the, in the cubicle next to you at work? 
What are you doing for the, for the family that lives across the street? What are you doing for the other uh, mom dragging her kids to soccer practice along with you? What are you doing for the people that you interact with on a daily basis? When, when you look at your life, this question should come back over and over. When you get to the end of the day, what did I do for somebody else today? It's a question begging to be answered. And I want us to keep that in mind as we talk about my turn. As we talk about how it's my turn to take action. It's my turn to move. It's my turn to respond. It's my turn to volunteer. It's my turn to act. And we talked about the commitments that we're making as, as, we, as we take our turn, that I'm not going to offer any more excuses. I'm not going to be nearsighted and just focus on, on my agenda and what's right here in front of me. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. That I'm going to take my turn. I'm going to stop being a spectator. I'm going to do the things that I feel led by God to do. And as we make those commitments, when we talk about taking our turn, we're, we're not going to offer excuses anymore. I'm not going to sit there and go, well, it's just not the right time for me right now. Or I don't know how to do that. Or you know what? We got paid staff to go do something like that. That's somebody else's turn. No, 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 it's mine. Here's the opportunity to do good. I need to go do good. I'm not going to be nearsighted. I'm not going to be so focused on me and my time and my, my comfort level, my bubble. I'm not going to focus so much on myself that I don't take the opportunity to help somebody else. And I'm not going to be afraid. I'm not going to do those what if questions. What if I mess up? What if I fail? What, what, what if they ask me to help again? I'm not going to be afraid of those things. I'm going to see the opportunity to help. I'm going to see the opportunity to do good. And I'm going to take action. It's my turn to take action. So I wanted this morning, I wanted to, you know, give us some examples of how to do that. I, maybe you're motivated. Man, I want to take my turn. I want to take action. How do I do that? Show me the opportunities. Let me show you some this morning. I need to take my turn you know, to, 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 to take action here at Flagstone, here with this church family. We have lots of different volunteer opportunities here at Flagstone and in our community through Flagstone, through some of the things we do. And I, want to, I, I recognize especially if we've got guests with us or people who haven't been with us uh, for very long, maybe not everybody's aware of all the different opportunities that we have and all, all the different opportunities to do good that there are in this church family and, and working through this church family. And so I want to do for a few minutes, I, I really want you to focus in and see some of these things. I want to introduce you to some of the guys who are in charge of our different ministries. We call them our deacons. I want to let you know who they are and some of the ministries that you're in charge of. I want you to see some of the opportunities that are available right now to do good here at Flagstone, okay? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce our deacons one by one. When I call your name, if you're here, I'm not sure. I didn't even check to see if all of our deacons are here this morning. But if you're here, if you just stand up wherever you're at and just kind of raise your hand. Uh, well, if you're already standing, you shouldn't have to raise your hand. But if you'll stand up and we'll make sure if I don't see you, wave, wave your hand so we know who you are. Um, Jeff Beatty is in charge of our building maintenance. Jeff is right over here. If, if you want to help and just upkeep in this building, helping make, make sure this, this facility and our new facility is, is functioning uh, okay on the inside. That's the man to talk to. Uh, Jerry Kavnis is right down here. Jerry's involved in both our benevolence ministry and helping people with uh, financial needs and other needs uh, that they may have and also with our community involvement, getting us involved in different, uh, either partnering with organizations or doing some different things in our community. Paul Curry 
Right back over here, he's in charge of our missions. If you want to go uh, to a foreign country and, and serve people and, and share your faith with people, that's the man to talk to right there, Kevin Jensen. Kevin Jensen right here, he uh, is in charge of our children's ministry uh, in, in teaching what's going on uh, this morning and also uh, with our Wednesday night program as well and the different family events that we have outside of just our classroom times. That's, that's who you need to talk to about that. Richard Johnson right back here. He's in charge of everything outside the building. So if you like to mow, if you like to weed eat, if you like to blow loose grass, that's the man to talk to, okay? Uh, he loves people like you. All right. Um, Jordan Manchester. Been leading our worship this morning. He is the deacon in charge of our worship ministry and is uh, specifically in charge of our praise team. If you can uh, sing, if you would like to sing and be a part of that ministry, or if you want to help out with, you know, prayer leading and things like that, that's the guy to talk to. Uh, Devin McSpadden, right here, he's in charge of our connection groups, uh, and that is uh, groups that meet at people's homes. That also includes our classes that meet here at the building uh, and our different um, uh, women's ministries and men's ministries, any kind of group that you can be a part of, Devin's in charge of, of those different things uh, and also our special events that we have as well. Jason Mosley is already standing. He's back there in the AV booth. Uh, Jason's in charge of our audiovisual stuff. He's in charge of our lighting. He's in charge of our, of our website and social media, uh, all those kinds of things. So if you have an inclination towards those things, that's the guy that you need to talk to. Uh, I don't know if Reagan Price is here this morning. Is Reagan here? Reagan is in charge of our teen ministry, but we do have a youth minister that's here somewhere, right? Is Brandon here? Way back there with Jason. Okay, Brandon is our youth minister, and uh, he'll talk to you about working with our teen ministry if you want to get involved in that. Trey Robinson is right back here, standing up back at the back. He is in charge of our uh, security, making sure that, that our building is safe during the week and also that we're safe while we're in here worshiping and uh, spending time together. So if you want to be involved in that ministry or just even know what some of that process is, you can talk with Trey about that. Uh, Scotty Roller. Right down here, Scotty's in charge of our budget and our finances. Uh, and so if you have questions about that, he's the guy to see. Also, he partners with um, Jerry and finding different ways to get involved in our community as well. And then Jeremy Stobaugh is right here. Jeremy uh, is in charge of our greeter ministry, making sure that people are, are welcomed when they come in the building. Also in charge of scheduling all of our worship servers, the folks who take communion, the folks who lead prayer. Uh, he's in charge of our church directory. He also maintains our vehicles. So a lot of different hats that Jeremy wears. So all those things I just rattled off, if you want to be a part of any of those things, that's the guy to talk to. Now, I'll share this with you. Everybody still with me? Because I went through that kind of fast. There are some specific needs in those different ministries right now. If you're sitting there going, well, I don't know what to do. I'm about to tell you. There's things to do. Okay? Uh, when it comes to our community involvement, I mean, we see that as finding ways to serve this community somehow. And maybe that's something that uh, an activity or a program that you're aware of, maybe you've been somewhere else and you've seen it be successful and you want to, you, you want to see it implemented here, then you talk to Jerry or Scotty about that. But also if there's organizations that are doing good things already, we don't have an issue at all with partnering with somebody and giving them manpower to help them do what they're already doing. And so uh, we're just needing ideas with, of, of who to partner with and, and how to make those kind of things happen. So if you have some knowledge or some, uh, some connections in that area, we need your help with that. As far as missions go, we need people to go on trips. We got a trip going to Guatemala this summer. We need volunteers for that. 
We need volunteers who, who may have other uh, mission opportunities that we can partner with, even just to financially support. We need your help knowing where those opportunities are. Um, with our uh, security team, we've got a lot of volunteers already involved in that. But um, Trey is right now needing to get an updated list of anyone who has medical training, whether that's doctors, nurses, uh, EMTs. If you have some medical training, he wants a database of those folks. He wants to update our database of those folks. So you can help out with that. You can get involved in that ministry that way. Um, with our audiovisual stuff, we need volunteers. Uh, when we move into our new building, there's going to be even more uh, manpower that's needed to do all the different uh, audiovisual things we're going to do in, in our new worship center. We need help with that. Um, we need people who have an ear for sound or, or want to help with uh, video and things, even just, you know, helping with the lighting and stuff. So if you have any inclination in that direction, please talk to Jason. Um, he needs as, as much volunteers and help as he can get in that area. Praise team. We need tenors. <laughs> right now we have one. So we need more people. If you can sing tenor... You need to talk to Jordan. If, uh, if you can't sing tenor, yeah, we, we don't need you. But if you can sing, <laughs> if you can sing tenor, that sounded mean, didn't it? In all honesty, and Jordan would say this too, we want our worship time to be the best we can. We want the people who are helping to lead our worship to be the best that they can be. And so we want people who, uh, who have a heart for that as well as a talent for that to join us. You may be sitting there going, well, I don't know who I, who I like to sing, but I don't know who to talk to about that. That's the guy. The guy that's up here on stage leading the singing this morning, find him after worship. He'll tell you how to, how to go through that process of getting involved in our worship ministry. Children's ministry. We need teachers. We need teachers. We need teachers. We need volunteers in our children's ministry. We need people who are willing to, to spend a whole morning, no more than once a month, hanging out with toddlers. Not only taking care of them, making sure they're safe, but telling them about a God that loves them. We need teachers to do that with our third graders, with our kindergartners. We need volunteers. And I, th this isn't, I mean, uh, this isn't Kevin or, or, or my wife Christy telling me to say this. I'm saying this. I recognize how, how um, awesome it is to be in here for worship on Sundays. And we don't want to take that away from anybody. Our essence for one Sunday a month, would you be willing to go spend the morning with our kids and helping them develop a faith and a love for God, for his church? If you want to catch up on the sermon, it's on YouTube every single week. You don't have to miss out on that. But we need more volunteers in our kids' ministry. We need them on Wednesday nights, too. We got kids coming, and we, and we want to teach them. We want them to, to, to love God's word. We want them to love his church, and we want... Uh, more volunteers to help out with that. We need volunteers in our kids' ministry. Um, connection groups. We need more hosts, don't we, Devin? We need more places to have connection groups. We need more people signing up to be in connection groups. We want to stay connected as a church family. We need some involvement in that. And Devin's going to share some information at the end of our worship time about that. Um, with, our, you know, with our men's ministry, with our women's ministry, we need help coordinating events, coming up with ideas of things for us to do together and build some relationships and connections with each other. Now, you may be asking the question, okay, do I just try to find that person that I saw for a split second after worship and, and amongst all these people? Well, you can try to do that. You can ask somebody who is that guy that he said was in charge of that particular ministry or we've made this as simple as we possibly can. You can sign up 
to get information about any of our ministries online. So you can do this right now. We're going to do this together. If you pull your phones out, your tablets out, whatever you want to access the internet with, you go to Flagstone. Well, we got two different uh, websites. Flagstone.church gives you a, a glimpse of just kind of our church in general, meeting times, how to access sermons online, uh, you know, kind of an overview of the different ministries that we have. Flagstone.family is where we get more specific. Here's some things specifically about our church family that you can find out about. So everybody go to flagstone.family. And then if you go to, see where it says get connected, click on or tap on get connected. And when you click on that, go ahead, Jason, if it works, maybe it will work. Maybe not. Okay, if you click on uh, get connected, what will pop up, it may not on this screen, but what will pop up on your screen are three different tabs you can click on, and one of them says, volunteer to help. Oh, everybody's doing it at the same time and it crashed it? Is that what happened? I don't even know. If you, if you go on volunteer to help, okay, once you click on volunteer to help, the whole list of all the different ministries that we have and all the different ways to volunteer pops up. And all you got to do is click on it and, and just submit, I want information about this or I want to help out with this. It's really that simple. If everything locked up this morning, I apologize. That's, what you, that's, that's all you got to do. We'll take it from there. We'll get the information to you. We will tell you, here's how you can help. Let me get your contact information. We're going to get you scheduled in. We're going to get you involved. We want to make it easy for you to do good here at Flagstone, okay? So we want to do good, uh, you know, get people involved in, in, in our uh, different ministries and volunteer in, in the different uh, activities that we have here with this, with this church. Uh, we also want to get people involved in our connection groups. So same thing. If you go to the, the screen that's um, stuck right now, uh, if you go to Get Connected, there's another tab there that says, uh, what is it, Connect, uh, uh, get connection groups or more info about connection groups, whatever that is. Click on, there it is, find a connection group. That's what it was. There's a list of all of our connection groups. Now, I will say this, this isn't most recently updated. We're going to do some more updating over the next few weeks. But you can send, all you got to do is, is click on the tab for I want information about this group. You'll get a quick description about where they meet, uh, uh, what times, um, if they got kids or not, all those different kind of things. So you can know about our different connection groups and how to make, uh, get involved in some of those things. Um, Devin, at the end of our worship this morning, is going to tell you more about uh, uh, our, our upcoming connection group, Round Robin, where you get to actually go and experience some different connection groups. I'll, I'll leave that to him to share with you. We need you to get connected with the Flagstone family again in, in, in missions. Uh, volunteer for our trips. we got the Jackrabbit 5K coming up, which is a huge community service event for our church. We, we end up putting, you know, hundreds of shoes on needy people in our community. Like I said, our, our Wow Wednesdays, volunteering to help with our kids. We need help with that. We need your help at this church family. There's ways to help. There's ways to do good. And it's time for some of us to start taking our turn to do good here. It's also my turn to take action in my community. Whether that's through um, the school system, whether that's through, you know, uh, you know offering to buy uh, school supplies or, or, 
you know, coats or, or different things for some needy kids. And, and maybe you're sitting there going, well, my, the kids at, at my kid's school, they're doing okay. There's not a whole lot of needs there. Drive about five miles anywhere in any direction. You'll find some kids that need some help. You'll find some schools that would desperately need you to come volunteer in the lunchroom, to volunteer to help provide school supplies, to help a teacher in a classroom. Go do that. Go help with some of the nonprofits that we have in our area. I mean, just within our church family, we've got folks that help out with the Loving Choices Pregnancy Center, with the Call uh, 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 Foster Care Ministry, with Micah's House, with Havenwood, this, this place that helps uh, young single moms get on their feet again. Uh, the Samaritan Community Center over in, in Rogers. There's a lot of different things for our community. It's always looking for volunteers. I mean, the Salvation Army is right down the road, less than a quarter mile away. They always need help to just come serve a meal. Come, come hang out with the folks that are staying there. There's ways to get involved in our community. There's folks that are in need in your workplaces, in your neighborhoods, in this church. I need to take my turn to take action in my community. And I also need to take my turn in taking action at home. Maybe this is where some of us need to start. Is in our very own homes. A lot of times we think of using our opportunities to do what God is calling us to do, to do good for other people. And we neglect our own families. And maybe for the first time ever, you may start to realize my own kids need me to, do, to start doing a better job at doing good for them. My spouse needs me to take action in being more respectful, more honorable, more helpful, more loving. I've got siblings. I've got cousins. There's resentment there. There's anger there. I need to take my turn to resolve that, to forgive and to let it go. We have opportunities to make better choices in our own, in our own lives and to model godliness to other people, especially in our own families. We need to take the turn, take our turn to do that. Here's the point. We need to act. We need to do something. When we see someone who needs help, when we see an opportunity to volunteer, when we see a way that we can bless somebody else, we need to take action. As Paul said, we need to do good. All right, but why? Is it just so I can pat myself on the back or somebody else pat me on the back and tell me how awesome I am? That'd be great, but that's not the reason. Is it because I need to live in fear this God is going to strike me down if I don't do good things? No, that's not it either. I'm even a little bit, I'll just, this is me, this is me. I'm a little bit bothered by that one insurance commercial where the, where the two guys are competing with each other to do good stuff, and to give volunteer opportunities because it's not a competition. This isn't about getting more gold stars next to your name than somebody else. So why? What's the purpose? Why is God calling me to do this? Why does Paul say every time that you have a chance to do good, go do good? I'll give you some reasons real quick and we'll be done. I need to do good because, and I need to take action in doing good because our world needs me to take action. Our world needs that from me. God designed this world to be a world of light, to be a world of, of peace and joy, to be a world without guilt, without sin, without fear, without death. But sin entered this world and it changed everything. And with the interest of sin, there came anger and there came prejudice and there came racism and there came hate and there came hurt and there, and there came disease and there came darkness. 
And all of us have experienced those things. We've experienced those things because of the actions of other people, or we've participated in actions that have caused that in the lives of other people. We've all sinned and we've fallen short. And other people have sinned and fallen short, and we've uh, had to deal with the, grunt, the, the, the burden of those consequences. But when we became the redeemed children of God, when I believed the story of Jesus Christ to be true, when I confessed his name and asked him to become the king of my heart, when I chose to try to repent of my sins, when I put Jesus Christ on in baptism and said, I want to live a brand new life, I, in that moment, became a child of God. And not just a child of God, a child of light. In this fallen, broken, dark world in which we live, I am a source of light. That's what Jesus says. That's not just the preacher saying it. Jesus said that. In Matthew chapter 5, and verse 14, he looks at his disciples and he says, you are the light of the world. He's not being described. He is describing us. He's looking at you and he's looking at me and he's saying, you are my child. You are washed in, in, in the blood. You are, you are light. So go be light. Because this dark world needs it. This cynical, judgmental, polarized world that we live in needs me to be light. It needs me to take action. I need to take action because, quite honestly, I'm designed to take action. That's what I'm made for. And if somebody designs something, there's a specific purpose that they have in mind in order for that design to take place. You got cars that were designed to drive down the road. You got airplanes that were designed to stay up in the sky until it's time to come down. You got buildings that are designed uh, to stand and not fall. They're designed for a specific purpose. They're designed for a reason. And some things can be designed for a reason, for one reason, not for something else. If I had a coffee mug, it's designed to hold a, a, a hot beverage and have a handle on it where I don't get my hand hot while I'm holding on to that beverage. That's what it's designed to do and not allow that liquid to spill all over the floor. That's what it's designed for. I can't put my coffee mug on my desk and go, coffee mug, do my taxes. That's just ridiculous. This is not what it's designed for, right? What I want you to understand is God made you for a purpose. God made you for a specific purpose. And he didn't make you to be darkness and to be hateful and resentful and angry. He made you to be light. And he made you to do good. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. We are God's workmanship. God made us. And if he made us, he had a design in mind for us. So Paul goes on to say, he made us, we're his workmanship, created, here's the reason, created in Christ Jesus to what? Do good works. That's why God made you. That's why God designed you with the gifts and the talents and the abilities that he gave you. It's to go do good stuff. So go do good stuff. That's what you're made to do in the first place. I need to take action because my world needs it. I need to take action because that's what God designed me to do. And I need to take action because, because I've been empowered to do it. I've been given the power, the ability, not just the design. I've been empowered by God's spirit, by God's presence in my life to go do the things that he's leading me to do. 
Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. If I'm covered in the blood of Jesus and I'm a child of God and I have his spirit living in me, then I have already been empowered to do the good that God is leading me to do. The power's already there. The design is done. I just need to go do it. He's already given me what I need to walk like and talk like and be like, be the hands and the feet of Jesus in this world while he's not here physically. Because I have received compassion and mercy and acceptance and love and hope and and grace, I should have the capacity and the ability to be compassionate and merciful and accepting and loving and full of grace for other people. I've already been given what I need to take action. I just need to take action. Jesus in Matthew chapter 10 was about to, he, he's been teaching, he's been performing miracles, he's been doing these incredible things. And then he tells his disciples, all right, y'all, now y'all go do it. And you can just picture these guys who have been watching Jesus do this in amazement. They've seen him, they've seen him perform miracles. They've seen him feed thousands of people. They've heard words that come out of his mouth they never heard any other preacher say before. They see him heal blind people and lame people who couldn't walk, and now they can walk again. They've watched all these amazing things. And I'm sure every day they wake up, man, what's it going to be like today? What's Jesus going to do today? And Jesus today says, okay, your turn. <laughs> Whoa, I'm just going to watch, Jesus. I was going to be a spectator. Jesus sends them out. It says in in verse 8 of Matthew chapter 10, I want you to go heal the sick and raise the dead and cleanse those who have leprosy and drive out demons. Here's the thing. If you look back at the beginning of chapter 10, Jesus had already given them the power to do it. Jesus had already empowered them with the ability to go do those things. And now he says, now go do those things. And look what he says at the end of this verse. Freely you've received. You didn't ask for this. You didn't earn it. You didn't beg for it. You didn't pay for it. You don't really deserve it, but I've given it to you. Now go give it to other people. Folks, that's us. If I have receive blessing upon blessing from having Jesus Christ in my life, I am called, I am challenged to go give that to other people. In whatever way the opportunity presents itself, I need to take action. I'm not allowed to hide behind excuses and fears anymore. Here's the key. God's not going to challenge me to do something that he won't empower me to do. But he's also not going to force me to either. It's my choice. And I can keep being a spectator, and I can keep watching opportunities pass by and hope that somebody does something, or I can actually take action and do what my world desperately needs me to do. The choice is mine. I appreciate your attention this morning. I, I, I want to wrap up with this. It's been last week uh, marked 26 years since my wife and I went out on our first date. And I've shared with this church family before, um, so I'll I'll give you the really brief version. 
the, the day that we, that we met and we talked and we talked for a really long time, it was, you know, really long conversation. I thought, I really like this girl. Uh, and somewhere in that conversation, you know, she had, you know, been dating other college guys. I've been dating other college girls. We met each other and we're talking. And she just happened to say, I don't even remember if it was in the context of what we were talking about. She just happened to say, you know what? I hope nobody asked me out for a long time. I'm really just kind of want to focus on my studies, my friendships. And in my mind, I thought, well, there goes that. Uh, and so later on, one of my buddies comes up to me. He says, hey, man, who's that girl that you were talking to? And I told him. And he said, well, you should ask her out. And, and I said, man, like, we don't really know. He, these are the things that go through my head. We don't really know each other. Uh, I'm really not for sure that she was even interested, much less attracted uh, to me. And she literally said, I don't want anyone to ask me out. And my friend looks at me and says, so? You can't argue that logic, right? So I called. I called her up. She wasn't there. Um, I left a message, and when she heard the message later, she called around to her friends. Is anybody doing anything this weekend? I think this guy wants to ask me out on a date. And everybody was busy, so she called me back, and I asked her out, and she went out with me, and here we are 26 years later. Now, I share that story with you, not so you say, oh, look at them. That's not the point. I came up with all sorts of reasons not to make the phone call. Legitimate reasons in my mind. But I did it anyway. And my life has been better ever since. You may be sitting there this morning. We just rattled off a whole bunch of different things you can do in this church, in our community, even in your own home. And you may think of all sorts of reasons why somebody else should do that and not you. And in your mind, there may be even really legitimate reasons. Maybe this morning, you can see God looking you in the eye and going, so, it's time to act. It's time to volunteer. It's time to sign up. It's time to help. It's time to put your, let, let somebody lean on your shoulder. Be, go take somebody to coffee. Go, go to that nonprofit and say, I don't even know exactly how to help, but I want to help. Whatever it is, folks, let's not be spectators anymore. Let's not come up with our excuses because they're not good enough. My God looks at me and says, man, I have given to you freely. Go give freely to somebody else. And I need to say, yes, sir, I will. Even if I'm scared to death. Because that's what God's designed me and empowered me to do. So let's go do that. We're going to stand together in just a second. We're going to sing a song as we do every Sunday. And I would invite you, if you're sitting here this morning, you haven't, you haven't gone through the process I described earlier. You've given your life to Jesus and allowed his spirit to live in you and, and guide your heart and lead you in the direction that God is calling you. That needs to happen today. We can help make that process happen. And so when we stand together and sing, you're welcome to come down to the front and say, I'm ready for that kind of commitment in my life. But maybe you've made that commitment in the past and you just, you just continue to be a spectator. And you want to publicly commit to this church family starting today, I'm going to go take action. And I'm not sure exactly how or what it's going to look like or even if I'm going to be successful, but I'm not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. We would love to hear that from you. And we'll share that with this church family today and we'll pray about that. If you don't move an inch from where you're standing when we stand and sing this song, I hope in your own heart you're, telling, you're, you're having a conversation. It might be a hard conversation, but a conversation between you and God and where you say, God, today's the day. I'm not going to be a spectator anymore.
I want to go do good, whatever that looks like. Just show me. Open my eyes and show me. I want to do good starting today. This church family just wants to help if we can. So let us know how. While together we stand and sing.